sex. It's a highly charged, very important topic that many Americans avoid talking about with their children. But here's the thing. Either you're going to teach your children about sex or the world is going to teach your children about sex and they are going to teach two entirely different stories. So what is the world teaching your child versus what should we be actually teaching our children and at what age? This is a long awaited episode, long asked for episode that I am finally diving into today with you. This is Deconstructing the Culture and I am your host, Elisa Steele. This episode might not be for you. In fact, there's a good chance it's not for you. And please take my warning seriously when I tell you if you don't fit into the following categories, maybe you should be listening to this episode. And this is very, very rare for me to ever. In fact, I'm pretty sure this is the only, to date, the only podcast episode I have ever made that is not made for everyone of the conservative babes tribes who follow me on Instagram and follow along with this podcast family. I am telling you this right now up front so that you are not um, caught with a curveball in the stomach wondering why I'm talking about this. And I'm just going to warn you up front. This is a very, very sensitive topic, but it needs to be addressed. I'm making it in response specifically to the many, many parents, uh, parent requests, specifically moms on Instagram who have emailed me or direct messaged me asking me to please, please make an episode or asking, I literally just got a message um, even just in the past couple of days asking, Elisa, do you have a podcast podcast episode on how to talk to teenagers about sex? And this mom really, really needed some guidance. Now I helped her one-on-one um, and replied to her message, but I have been getting so many of those messages um, that I really realized that this is clearly, if, if there's a, this many, this much volume of messages asking to cover this topic, then there's got to be a whole lot more out there who need maybe that, that same question answered. So I am answering these questions today. It comes at a cost. One of those costs is I will be sharing information that is not only, um, it discloses the ungodliness of our world, unfortunately, but there will be some um, graphic images and content that I will be sharing that I am sharing simply out of the necessity to show what is being taught by the world today. And so it will not be 100% appropriate. And if you are a minor, get off this episode right now. This is not for you, especially if you're watching on YouTube. So with that said, that is my warning. Um, if you are a parent or a soon-to-be parent or somewhere, uh, a guardian, maybe you're raising your grandkids, whatever, this is a good episode. This is a great episode. This is exactly where you need to be. Um, but if you don't fall into a category that would have you really needing to know this information, this episode might not be for you. So just keep that in mind. All right. So let's talk about first, what is the world what is the world going to teach our children about sex? Because we know it's being shoved on them real constantly, right and left. We think that they're immune to it, that it's no, it's only in the news. Or, no, mm -mm. it's not just on TV and it's not just in the news. It's being shoved on our children right and left. And one of those organizations that's going to shove a sexual propaganda message on your children is the World Health Organization. You know, 
the WHO, the World Health Organization who cares so much about health, in fact, so much about health of children, of mothers, of everyone, that they actually, you know, tell you it's, it's, it's a human right. It's a health right to abort your child. So that tells you how much you should invest in, um, <laughs> in the accuracy of their answers. But the WHO, they care so much about your child's sexual health too, that they've come out with um, standards and guidance guidelines of what children should be taught and when. Now, according to the Christian Institute, the World Health Organization guidance says that children under the age of four, so zero to four years old, should be given information about, quote, early childhood masturbation, unquote, and encouraged to explore so-called gender identities. Yeah, so the World Health Organization, you know, that standard for healthiness, that standard for for health in the whole world, because, you know, it's in their title. Um, yeah, so children between ages of zero and four years old should be taught to masturbate and about self-exploration by gender identity. The controversial guidance is actually part of the Standards for Sexuality Education in Europe policy framework. The WHO materials state that under that under four-year-olds, so under fours, should be informed of the, quote, right to explore nakedness and the body and ask questions about sexuality because um, your one-year-old needs to be taught to masturbate and ask questions about their sexuality and what gender they are because, you know, why not confuse them from the very start? On transgenderism, it recommends that they should, quote, gain an awareness of gender identity and be taught the right to explore such identities themselves. It advises that four to six-year-olds should be taught about same-sex relationships and respect for different norms regarding sexuality. Because, you know, four to six-year-olds definitely need to be confused, not only about their gender and whether or not they're a boy, whether or not they're a girl, or whether or not they're just gender fluid, they also need to be taught you can have sex with anyone and everyone. And then continuing, and nine to 12 year olds are to be enabled to, quote, make a conscious decision to have sexual experiences or not, and know how to use condoms and contraceptives effectively in the future. Because every nine year old needs to know how to use a condom and contraceptives and whether or not they feel like engaging in sexual intercourse between the ages of 9 and 12 years old. With, of course, any sex, and of course they could be any sex. Yeah, I'm totally gonna follow the Who's guidelines on this because they have my child's best interest at heart. Not. This is just a small sample, and you don't have to dig very far to find that what the world is going to teach your child about sex is far from godly principles or biblical principles or even just basic standard family values. Forget abstinence. Forget abstinence till marriage. Forget God made you in his image and you were made perf wonderfully and perfectly made and you are a boy because that's what science says. No, we're just going to throw that out the window because that's what the World Health Organization told us to do. And the thing is, is you don't have to go very far. Not only that, but look at just about any sex ed education in your state and it varies state by state i've seen quite a few sex sexual education programs for a lot of different states i personally fought against these when i did a lot of volunteer work with utah eagle form on capitol hill where we would fight against these sex ed programs because they are not appropriate for children not only that 
quite frankly, sex shouldn't be taught in school. And I'm gonna get to that in a minute, but sex should be taught at home, in the family. And yes, I know a lot of parents don't do it right or even do it at all. They'd rather actually, they're so uncomfortable with the subject, they'd rather push it off onto the school, but that's not the school's job. The school is not the parent. The school is there to teach them basic education, not sexual education especially because it's not going to come from a biblical perspective, but just a tiny, tiny little sample of uh, education. I'm looking at a photo of some sex ed from, um, it looks like from California, and um, it's a curriculum book, and it says what to do, and it's animated. It has little animated people, children, and has animated fruits and vegetables, and it says what to do if you don't have time or money to buy sex toys. Oh, because all children need to know sex toys. Oh, and by the way, this is for 9th, 10th, and 11th grade, just to put some context around this. It says, cucumbers, carrots, and bananas with the peel make great dildos. Just remember to use a condom, because, you know, safe sex for 9th through 11th graders includes telling them to put, um, you know, sex toys or, you know, self-created sex toys in themselves. And then we have these liberal teachers, of course, telling us that, you know, no, we don't want to indoctrinate your children. No, 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 no. Yeah, well, we, we talked about this last week. We already know that there's quite a few teachers speaking out already about how they're very enraged that parents are more involved with their children's education. And God forbid that they know that they're teaching their children that they can be gender fluid. And they're teaching their children very non-biblical principles that, and let's just say anti-scientific principles while we're at it. Then continuing, here's some some other um, sex ed curriculum. Uh, you know, we've got uh, you know it, we've got the condom relay race, um, STD risk behavior. Um, so you know we can just <laughs> it has here um, for STD risk behavior a listed underneath and bullet points. Unprotected anal sex has high risk. Vaginal sex using condoms is low risk. Multi, uh, mutual masturbation has no risk and bathing together no risk because that's what we need to be teaching children fourth fifth and sixth grade mm-hmm I'm not making this up guys in fact to continue I'm going to share with you a book that I ran across and um, the first time I found this book I was totally horrified I thought some maybe lone creep in their basement self-published this book. And I thought this has got to be just like, you know, this crazy nut hippie leftist book that only a few people have heard of, but I was very wrong and I have it with me today. We're gonna go through a couple of the pages. It's a longer book, so can't go over everything, but we're gonna go over through some of the teachings in this book. It's called, It's Perfectly Normal, Changing Bodies, Growing Up, Sex and Sexual Health. Here's what it looks like. If you're on YouTube, you can see what it looks like. It's written by Robbie H. Harris, illustrated by Michael Emberley. And yeah, just to just to kind of give you an idea as to how not this this was not written by a creep in their basement and uh, self-published and no one's ever heard of it. No, actually, this book, It's Perfectly Normal, is a children's book written for children, like I mentioned. <laughs> the purpose of this book, according to Wikipedia, is to inform pre-adolescent children of puberty by exploring differences or definitions of sex. The novel has won multiple accolades and appraisals for its accurate information and its normalization of body changes and human sexuality. The book has been translated into 27 different languages 
and has won the following awards. The American Literature Association Notable Children's Book, the Book List Editor's Choice, the Boston Globe Horn Book Honor Book Report, or Honor Book, the New York Times Best Book of the Year, School Library Journal Best Books, Willison Library Bulletin Favorite Reads. This is not just some crazy self-published book. This is a book that the world would also like to promote as good and educational and very instructional for pre-pubescent teenagers. Now, let's talk about, let's just look at some of these. And this is, again, this is where the warning came in about explicit content, um, specifically visual content if you're watching on YouTube. Um, I am a little bit, honestly, wondering if this video will get removed from YouTube. I'm going to mark it as not for children because this is not for children. Even though this is coming from a children's book, mind you, this book is not for children. This video is not for children. If you are watching, you should not be watching this if you are a child, okay? It is pornographic, if you ask me. I think it is very clearly pornographic. These are, um, in case you are wondering what I'm about to show you on YouTube especially, the, and I will describe what I'm looking at um, in this children's book for those of you who are listening to the podcast. They are images, uh, little, like, I guess, animated images written or illustrated by this Michael Emberly dude. But they are highly pornographic and very much not appropriate to the point where, again, I am warning you, this is for parents. And so that, and, and I'm only going to go through a few pages. We don't even need to go through that much. You just need to know that this is what is being pushed by the world. So this first one's not pornographic. Introduction, lots of questions here. I'm going to show you a little bit what it looks like and then read it to you. Part of it says in this introduction, sex is about a lot of things. Bodies, growing up, families, babies, love, caring, curiosity, feelings, respect, responsibility, biology, and health. Okay, then they continue. There are times when sickness and danger can be part of sex too. All right, so right off the bat, in the introduction, we're teaching children that sickness and danger are to be expected to be part of sex. That's not a biblical perspective. If there's only going to be, when they're referencing sickness and danger, my guess is, and they go on to explain later, so it's not even a guess, it's a very educated guess, they're talking about STDs. That's the sickness and danger that they're referring to. And let me tell you right now, those STDs shouldn't just be a normal or, or branded or taught as a normal expected part of sex. Sickness and danger should not be a normal expected embraced part of sex. Uh-uh, no. From a biblical perspective, abstinence till marriage and there's no STDs part of that problem. You're not going to get AIDS if you're marrying your husband and you both waited till marriage. That's a biblical perspective, but teaching a prepubescent child that danger and sickness are part of sex? Okay, so we know exactly the direction that we're heading, right? All right, let's go to my next part. Then, under uh, section three, strong feelings of sexual desire. Talks about sexual desire. I'm going to skip over. Um, it talks about crushes, and it says, um, it says, they have crushes on people of the same sex as well as on people of the opposite sex of people who are the same age, older, or younger. Having a crush on someone is perfectly normal. Okay, so yeah, set, putting sex aside for a second, crushes are normal. 
I'm not saying we shouldn't teach children that crushes aren't normal, but when you teach them from the beginning that having crushes of people of the same sex is not only just normal, it's it's pretty it's it's expected, you know? You can have sex and you can have crushes on people of the same sex and, and they even mention people who are the same age, older or younger. Okay, how much older or younger? Do they want to specify? They don't specify specifically in here, but how far open are you leaving that door? How much younger? Are we talking about like pedophilia younger? It doesn't say, but the tone of the book leaves you open to wondering, just saying. And then we continue on. Here's another part. And there's a lot of images in here. Um, again, um, even just talking about what is sex in part one, girl or boy, female or male. It shows two naked babies, you know, because that's what we need to see. You know, they're obviously, they're drawn images. But continuing, then it, it starts talking about making love and sexual intercourse. And it shows, if you look here, same-sex couples. Here are two men. Here's a, a girl and a boy. Here's an old man and an old lady. Oh, well, look it over here. Here's a guy and a girl having sexual intercourse. And the woman's on top because, you know... That's the kind of colorings and um, images we need in the children's book. Then continuing on in section five, straight and gay. <laughs> and um, it just goes right in there. You know, we've got some pictures. We've got two men. We've got a man and a woman. We've got two women. It says a gay or homosexual person is someone who is sexually attracted to people of the same sex. Yeah, because we need to confuse kids early. And they continue on not only to explain what homosexuality is, but then to glorify it and make it sound normal and natural and just, 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 just part of history. So it says in here, glorifying it, that, quote, the ancient Greeks thought that love between two men was the highest form of love. In the ancient Greek city-state of Sparta in about 1000 BC, it was hoped that male lovers would be in the same army regiment. People thought if a warrior was in the same regiment as his lover, he would fight harder in order to impress him. The Spartan army was one of the most powerful and feared armies in ancient Greece. Okay, so we're not only going to teach children about homosexuality, but then we're going to praise it and make it sound great and embraced and loved and totally celebrated for all time and should be today too. Yeah, because, you know, that's exactly the direction we need to go with children. And then they continue on. Um, for Okay. <laughs> talking it says some people disapprove of gay men and lesbian women oh you know some people some even hate homosexuals only because they're homosexual people may feel this way towards homosexuals because they think homosexual individuals are different from they or that from them or that gay relationships are wrong oh okay so clearly Clearly, we know where this book is headed. Usually, these people know little or nothing about homosexuals. Oh, so there you go. Anyone who doesn't agree with homosexuality clearly knows little to nothing about anything. They're just, you know, stupid, backward peoples. The way this book is making it come across to these prepubescent children. And their views are often based on fears or misinformation, not on facts. People are often afraid of things they will know little or nothing about. Oh, if only they knew more, don't you know? If they just were more educated is how this book is framing it. If they just knew more, if they were just not so backwards, pumpkin, a country bumpkins who just literally know anything. They're just so scared. They're so scared because they don't know anything. 
Some people are sexually attracted to people of the opposite sex and to people of the same sex. And then it goes on to talk about what bisexual means. And it says a person's daily life, making, um, making a home, having friends and fun and raising children, working and being in love is for the most part the same, whether he or she is heterosexual, homosexual, or bisexual. So don't you know, love is love, we're all the same. That's what this book is teaching. And only those ignorant backward people would ever say that there's anything wrong with homosexuality. Okay then. So then here we go. I've skipped over some of it, but there's a lot of pornographic images. Now we've got some ancient art images. Okay, now there's this picture. Oh, good freaking Lord. Here you can see on YouTube. Lots of naked people. Every kind of naked person you can possibly imagine. Children naked next to adults who are naked, next to elderly people who are naked, teenagers who are naked, all kinds of body hair. Um, yeah, because this is exactly what we need to put in children's book pornographic pictures of every race and age and gender naked. This is what the world wants to teach you. Then they continue on and they talk about the female sex organs and the male sex organs. In this one, the female is examining herself with a mirror naked. Very pornographic. And the same goes for men. This, this boy's looking at himself in the mirror, totally nude. I don't think I need to show you anymore. That's a long book. But this is what the world will teach her child. And it might not be with this, this exact book, but this is the message. And it gets worse because, and, and this is not a topic I'm going to go into now because I've talked about it in so many other episodes, but the world will also continue on this path to tell your children about what comes after with sex, how you can separate sex and baby making. Oh, and then oops. When they find out the harsh reality that sex and baby, baby making cannot be separated, no matter what kind of contraceptive you are using, there is always a chance of making a child if a male and a female are having sex. That when they find out the harsh reality and they become pregnant, then they will also have been instructed on how to handle and what to expect with that. And that will, the answer will always be abortion coming from the world. So here's the thing, before I continue on and I tell you about what, how we should talk to children about sex and what to tell them, um, obviously basic guidelines because uh, every child in every age and family is gonna be a little different. But before I continue on, I'm gonna ask you to take a moment to subscribe, leave a review. If you are a parent who is horrified by this information that I am sharing today and that this is something maybe you were not aware of, please, please take a moment to copy this link and send it to another parent because we need awareness. This is not some obscure, only taught in some schools and crazy liberal areas. No, this is being pushed and this kind of content is being pushed in every state in the United States. So please take a moment to subscribe, leave a review. We have a five-star review on iTunes. And if you are on YouTube, please hit the notification bell so that, um, you know, a subscription is great. Subscribe first, but then also hit the notification bell. Thank you. All right, now let's talk about how to talk about sex with kids. And um, I'm gonna say this bluntly, as early as possible. Basically when they ask. And what I mean by that is I'm not saying you give them a gory breakdown. I'm not saying you show them pornographic images like in this book. I'm not saying 
that you give them the ins and the out and the description of every known sex act known to man when they are babies or when they are, you know, very small. But I'm saying you give them what they can handle and as early on in a biblical context as possible. When they ask, I can tell you, um, the first time I asked my mom about sex, I was probably between three and four years old. And I just asked her, I think one of my aunts was getting married and I think she got pregnant, um, you know, after, right after she got married. And I asked, mommy, you know, how, how did, um, I, I almost said my aunt's name. That would have been a breach of privacy. Um, how did my, how did auntie get pregnant? Um, or how did she, how is she growing a baby? And I remember her telling me very simply and, and simple information. That's all that my little three-year-old or four-year-old head needed to handle. Very simple, honest answer. Not, oh, well, a stork comes down and delivers a baby. No, we didn't, we didn't do lies in my family and we didn't do weird obscurities. Um, we always called body parts by what they were, which I'll get into in just a second why that's important. But, um... I remember my mom telling me something along the lines of, oh, well, um, the daddy plants a seed in the mommy and then the baby grows. And I was like, oh, okay, that's great. Okay, and I went on with my day. That, that was just to answer my question, and it was honest. And then a while went past, and I thought about it for a while, and, um, you know, it's, it's hard to remember timelines when you're little, but probably within the next six months or so, I asked mommy, how, how, does, the, how does the seed get, how does the daddy plant the seed into the mommy? And she just very clearly, simply, non-graphically, just simple answers. It wasn't a secret. I never was confused about sex. There was never this horrifying moment. I remember when I was about 12 or 13 years old, I was going to a homeschool co-op. And one of my friends just had gotten her period. And I think we probably were 12 and a half-ish. So 12 and a half, 13 years old. And she was horrified and she told me and a couple of other our other close kind of girlfriends were all together talking and she's like my mom told me about how babies are how, how babies are, are made she she told me about about the sex that's how she did it and she she pr proceeds to describe how her mom sat her down and like read her some book and explained to her and she is horrified at the idea of sex and horrified at her body and ashamed and uncomfortable and in shock. And I'm not saying every child receives it the same way, but she did. And a lot of my other girlfriends then proceeded to describe how their parents told them about the sex and they were horrified too. And it made me realize when they asked me, I'll like, well, Lisa, like, how did, how did your mom, how did your mom tell you about the sex? Oh, uh, I've always known my mom told me when I was three, I asked her about sex and she told me and I was never, I've never been horrified about sex. It's never been a secret. I never viewed my body as dirty. I, everything was natural and normal because that's the light my mother framed it in. That is the light my mom described it in. It was natural. It was normal. We had appropriate boundaries. It was biblical centered and Christian focused information about sex. And there was no shame or embarrassment or dirtiness because she shared it with me young. And that is what I also highly recommend. Now, there are some trade-offs because I knew the things that I knew about sex. Um, 
I remember one of my earliest memories of some some naughty kids were um, for a minute for about a one week my mom tried out this uh this private school for literally about one week and then she pulled us out she realized it was not not exactly the best setup with these kids we were i don't know where exactly the teachers or the adults went but for this one minute i was in this school for two seconds um these kids and i and my brother and i we were all sitting in the circle there's maybe like 15 kids and i was probably about six years old and i remember these kids started joking and they were trying to be all dirty and naughty and nasty and they were joking about how like britney spears was gonna like have sex with you if you didn't like do xy it was like weird just weird stuff six-year-olds say weird stuff because they're repeating it either from the media or from their older siblings or they've been exposed to stuff that they shouldn't be and that's not appropriate for their age either way these nasty kids are talking and i think britney spears was in the news at the time it was probably right around the time she shaved her head who knows i don't know maybe it just made an impression on these kids but all i know is it was about britney spears and sex about how and then all the kids when you know they say something about sex they'd be like ew sex is so gross and i just remember looking at the circle of kids and i said just out loud because i've always been uh, very outspoken in case you couldn't tell well it started young because at six years old i said why are you guys saying ew about sex sex is normal none of you guys would be here without sex your mom and dad have to have had to have sex to have you even be here and all the kids looked at me in complete horror horror and they were like ew elisa no and i remember one one child saying my mom and dad would never do that my mom and dad would never have sex and i just looked at them i'm like you don't even know what sex is and they're like you don't either and i'm like yeah i do it's when a mom and a dad put their bums together and then the mom plants a seed <laughs> or the dad plants a seed in the mom and that's how babies are made and that's how you're here and this child was horrified. I have no idea what the conversation was that night with all of these children going home. But all I can tell you right now is I don't think I scarred them at six years old um, with the real information and truth about sex than all the nasty little talk that these six-year-olds were having about Britney Spears, okay? So that's another one. Another story is probably, probably about a year later when I was about seven these girls who seemed much older and wiser and more worldly than me at the time um these girls were probably 14 or 15 years old and i was friends with their little sister but for whatever reason these girls were riding their bike around the neighborhood that i lived in at the time and they stopped to chat with me or something i maybe i asked them where their sister was and they start talking about how this boy is so hot and they were like, oh my goodness, he's just so hot. He's so hot. Oh my goodness. I just like, I just am so in love with him. He's so hot. Okay. Just, you know, 14, 15 year old conversations. And here I am at six or maybe I was probably closer to seven, maybe seven years old looking at them. And I kind of like look, give them an eyebrow. And I was just like, it's not appropriate for you to be using that word because of course that's what I was taught. And they're just like, what word? And I'm like, hot. And they're like, you don't know what you're talking about. And I was just like, yeah, I do. You shouldn't use the word hot because it means sexy and that's not appropriate for your age. Now, of course, you can tell that seven years old, I'm parroting what I'm being taught because just a few months prior, someone had used the word hot and my mother had told me, you know, that's not an appropriate word necessarily for you to use at your age. I said, why not, mom? She said, because that means sexy and that's something that's more for adults. It's about, you know, wanting to have sex when you're married. 
<laughs> so of course I was like, okay, yeah, I know what that word is. And it's not just, it's just not the most appropriate word for your age. And that's what I proudly and stubbornly informed these girls of. And they asked me and they're just like, and of course they're just like, you don't know what hot means. I'm like, yeah, it does. It means you want to have sex with him. And of course, of course I said it with such confidence and such lack of shame, lack of any kind of abashed feeling that they promptly turned bright red, looked at me with a little bit of horror and then giggled and ride, rode their bikes, excuse me, rode their bikes away. And I have a lot of other memories like that, but I just remember, and I, and I tell you these stories to tell you that there are side effects and consequences to being honest with your children and to being straightforward about the science and the context of sex and, and what sex is. But I'm telling you right now that what I learned about sex, it was the truth. It was scientifically correct. It wasn't teaching me, you know, gender confusion. It was biblically based about, yeah, you wait until you're married. And it's a, it's a special gift. It's a beautiful thing between a, a mommy and a daddy and when you're married. And so, yeah, yeah, your children are going to know about sex maybe sooner than their peers. But it's not that they're going to hear about sex sooner than their peers. Their peers are already going to hear about it, but they're going to hear about it in a way that doesn't make sense. That maybe has dirtiness or nastiness or feelings of shame or gender confusion or masturbation taught or uh, you name it, abortion mixed in there. What I'm, What my point is as I was hearing about sex the same rate as all my peers, the difference was my mother informed me with the truth and the world armed these children with confusion and a lot less than the biblical truth, to put it lightly. So what should you tell your children about sex? I can't tell you exactly because every single child and every age is going to be different, but I am telling you, you need to not wait. Do not wait. Don't wait until you think it's appropriate. They're 14 or 15 years old. I'm gonna have their father sit them down and tell my son about sex. No, <laughs> if your child's 14 or 15 and you haven't had the talk about sex, they already know. They already know about sex. They've already heard about sex and it's not in a biblical context probably, more than likely. And it's not the way that you would have taught it. And it might have confused them. And it might have left them with a lot of questions for a lot of years. So do not wait. That is my first piece of advice. Do not wait to teach your child about sex. Answer their questions honestly and age appropriately when they ask them. Whether that is 3 years old or 13 years old, that information is going to change. But they also need to know about sex and they need to know about the harms around it too, such as pornography. Right now, the average age of exposure to pornography is nine years old. That's the average age of exposure to pornography is nine years old. They need to know about pornography and you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna do it the same way for every age and every gender and every person, but it's gonna be a sit down and it's gonna be, yeah, there's harmful images out there of men and women who are not clothed and you know there's a natural instinct to look at them but that's not that that's not God's plan it's not God's plan for us to look at that that takes sex out of its beautiful parameters which is between one man and one woman and the, and the boundaries and safety of, of marriage 
You know, you have to find those words, but don't wait. Tell them today. If you haven't had a sex talk with your child, you need to. Chances are you need to, unless they're two years old. But if they're over the age of two and they've asked you questions, just answer honestly. That's, that's what you can do honestly and within a biblical context. But it's very important. Um, I also just think it's interesting. You know, you might think that you need to wait until it's time, that there's a time. The world is not going to wait until it's time. The world is going to give this information in a perverted and perverse and worldly way long before you think it's time. Long before you think that your child should know about pornography, they're probably already going to have been exposed to it, whether that's at school or through a friend's phone or iPad or through a a neighbor's dad. You don't know, but what you do know is that the world will push it on your child much sooner than they are ready for it. So you need to arm them with truth and facts in a biblical perspective before they get hit with this or when they ask those questions is when it is time. Um, actually, I would say don't wait for them to ask those questions because depending on the child and their personality, they might not they might not ask those questions. They might just be confused or look for those questions in a, the wrong spot, aka the internet, okay? So if you don't teach your child about sex early and soon and promptly, the world certainly will, and they will not wait for you, and they will not teach it in the right context. Um, if you want it to come across to them and to arm them with the truth, you give it to them in a God-centered, family-centered, marriage-centered, truth-centered, scientific-centered, as in, no, you can't be multiple genders. No, you, you know, unfortunately, it used to be that we didn't have to teach our children about transgenderism. And I'm not saying that it's going to be the same for every child in every age, but more and more children are being exposed to transgenderism because their teachers talk about it or they have a student who decides that they're pansexual. More and more, I'm even finding people who are, are, are being shoved and pushed into homeschooling finally because a transgender kid is at their school and that's not something, that's not a conversation they wanted to have with their seven-year-old. Don't wait because the world's not waiting. They're, they're in a race to get to your child before you get to them. And a race to poison their minds and reach them with untruths. So don't wait. Do not wait until they're 12 or 13 or however old you thought that was going to be the right time. That might have worked a long time ago, a few generations ago, but it's not going to work today. In fact, I don't even know that it necessarily worked then. There's a lot of there's a lot of stories, and you read in the history books even about girls who were getting married and never heard about sex and did, had were terrified. All I'm saying is that, regardless of the generation, I think honesty is the best policy. Honesty with biblical worldview worldview perspective, and that's how you teach your children about sex. And, you know, the same goes for talking about abortion. I did another episode on this, how to talk to your kids about abortion. But the same goes about abortion. You answer those questions when your child comes to you. Don't wait until your child is 15 years old to talk to them about abortion. They've already heard about it. And chances are it wasn't in a biblical worldview. They weren't taught that God knew us before we were even conceived and that we are conceived and made in his image and that we are human from conception. No. So that's about that. We're going to go ahead and end with good in the world. And this good in the world, actually speaking of abortion, is about a child saved from abortion. This makes me so happy. This is a story from Live Action. Highly recommend them. Go check them out if you like to uh, stay up to date on pro-life news. But a couple 
chose life for their baby thanks to a pro-life presence outside of Planned Parenthood in Aurora, Illinois. Quote, a week ago, we were thinking about coming here and, you know, getting an abortion and everything, but then we saw how many people were out here actually kind of care, and, and we were right across the street over there, and me and my wife were just looking, and we were saying, like, man, a lot of people do care about this. The husband explained to John from Pro-Life Action League, which shared a video on Facebook. Because there were pro-life people outside of Planned Parenthood that day, the couple decided not to go through with an abortion. But if no one had been there that day, they may have gone through with it. Quote, this is the dad speaking, to me, it's murder if you do this. To me, it's murder, he explained, sharing that they found out about the pregnancy when his wife was eight weeks along. The couple took the time to do their own research which not everyone does, I'm going to say, to do their own research into abortion and learned about the development of the baby, including the information that their baby had a heartbeat and arms and legs. Quote, then we read that you actually see the baby when you take the, um, he meant abortion pill, but he said when you take the pill or whatever, like, I think it's like two pills in there they told us about, and that would traumatize me. I think it would just literally traumatize me, the man said. I just couldn't go through with it, and my wife, she couldn't go through with that. He asked the pro-lifers to pray for him to find a better job and added that he hopes God will make it work out for his family. The couple already has two children and feels that God will help them through this difficult time. He said, God put you guys in front of us because he told us we were parked right here and we were just staring over here and we were just thinking about it and thinking about it. And we were just looking at the baby's pictures and images of abortion victims like, we can't do that. But I think, but I thank all you guys for being out here, he said. I thank you guys so much, man, because honestly, you guys changed our mind. I feel like if you guys weren't out here that day, we probably would have stepped in there. Here's the thing. Pro-life advocates and counselors make a really, really big difference. And so many of you ask me, Elisa, how do I get involved? And you know what? I can't answer that for every one of you, and I have talked about a lot of different ways you can get involved, but one of those ways is find an abortion clinic near you, find out when their abortion days are, and go and pray and offer help. Find an organization that you can connect people with, and even just praying, even just, even just your presence of being outside of a clinic is going to save lives you don't even know about. If this guy hadn't come back, to talk to the people praying outside of the abortion clinic, we would have never known that it was those individuals praying outside the clinic that changed his and his wife's mind. We would have never known. But this happens all the time. Lives are saved that you don't even, you can't even imagine or, or we can't even know about because of a presence of someone praying outside the clinic because that tells the people pulling up to a Planned Parenthood or to an abortion clinic, it tells those, those pulling up, hey, if people are taking time out of their lives to be here to pray, then something's gotta be off. Something's gotta be wrong. Something's not quite right about this. And I am just so happy that this man did choose to come back and to thank these pro-lifers for being there and um, offer a special prayer for him and his wife, for their continued strength and faith, and, you know, for that God would provide whatever that might be, whether that is a, a better paying job or 
more secure situation. So God, God bless, God bless the pro-lifers outside of abortion clinics all over the world. That is our good in the world, and I hope to see more of it. If you have a good in the world story that you feel like should be shared, please, please send it to me, conservativebabes at gmail.com, or send it to me on Instagram, and just make sure and write underneath that good in the world story so I know what it is you're sending over. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Deconstructing the Culture. I am your host, Elisa Steele. Hey. So, um, for those of you who want a baby update, I'm still here. Congratulations to me and baby Steele. Baby Steele is 39 weeks tomorrow, which means full term, full, full term. Woohoo. Um, we are so blessed. My, my husband and I are just beyond grateful for your prayers. Thank you so much for that. And then if you haven't already, please don't forget to subscribe, leave a review. And this episode, especially if you are a parent or no parents who need this information and have maybe been wondering how to share about sex with their children or not completely aware of what is being pushed on their children in the world, please, this is a very important episode, share with those parents or guardians. Um, whoever that might be, whoever you might be led to share this with, please do that. God bless you.